It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Done Being Single. We are Trevor and Robbie Scharf. You know, we never introduce ourselves. We assume no, that people we already know us. So, but we haven't introduced ourselves since, I think, since the first episode. <laughs> that might be true. Who are we? So we are your dating interventionists. We are kick-ass dating interventionists. We are dating right? badasses. Isn't that what, uh, you know, our boy says? Uh... And yeah. I'm Shadow Stevens. Right? Yes. Yes, that's who we are. And I forget to remind ourselves in our audience that that's what we do here on a weekly basis we kick ass and we help people uh good bad and ugly with all of their dating issues and not just dating relationships marriage uh anything it, that is right it is a relationship show as much as it is a dating show we we want people to be better in the relationships they are in if they don't have one and if if they do we want them to also uh, learn from our mistakes and, and we've learn made, from the experts. And that we've made plenty. We've had a few, and just in the past few days. So, uh, no, this is a, it's a show that we hope to impart wisdom where we know it and learn from others when yes. we can. And this is the beauty of being our age, I guess, and having had all of this experience, which we've had, in the dating world, we've been single, we've been in relationships, we have hooked up, we have broken Boy, up. Have we hooked up. And speaking ah. of breaking up. What? Breaking up? Yeah, that's hard what, to do, I heard. It is hard to do. It's There's nothing easy about it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Is it harder to break up or be broken up? It with? is brutal either way, whether you're dealing it or whether you're dumping or be the dump E. Dumper so, or dump E. I think it's it's probably more brutal being dumped. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Because I think you know when it's time to get out of something and you know you have to have that talk. And when that talk when uh, when it's time for that talk, you're preparing for it when the other person is not ready. No, it's terrible. To, to you can't that. even make it just it's there's nothing I, uh, well, I've experienced it so many times. It's so brutal. Uh, but the good news is there is good news. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it today because the topic is why do the best of us get dumped? Why do the best of us get dumped when we supposedly have it all? I think and there's a simple answer. I, I have, a, as you can see, I've written down a ton of possible... But, I, I think that, I mean, but bringing it down to its most simplistic form, I think the best of us get dumped when the relationship isn't right. And as we know, if it's not right, you don't want to be in it anyway. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> that would be true. But, um, you know. What's that guy doing me? But it's, I think that, you know, um, we say that in many instances, if you don't get the job, the job wasn't meant for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. If the relationship I, right. isn't working and you get dumped take solace in knowing that it wasn't right for right you. there's dumping there's, better there's, there's relationship for you there's there, a better job for you there's better mm -hmm, opportunities mm -hmm. for you there's dumpage of all kinds and varieties it's not just romantic you can be fired laid off let right. go you dismissed of course you uh, can't dump your family though uh, <laughs> i can put them on probation uh, can, yes, I, can. I, can <laughs> I put yes or as our good friend billy Newman would say <clears throat> let's wish them out to the cornfield yeah no we can't do that we just have to discipline them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna list some things I think are possible reasons why people get dumped, dump and get dumped. Okay. Okay. Give me your feelings on them. Being too desperate, or just being desperate. Period. That's a, a sign. That's uh, uh, that can be scary to someone, and that may cause somebody to want to get out of that. Desperation. Does uh, has really no place in a healthy relationship. It's not attractive. It is not. It will. It is really a repellent. And it 
you got to really it watch it. It shines your, through. Yeah, it's bad. No matter who else you think you are when you are desperate in situations. Uh, right. Uh, the other person's going to see it. And other people will see it too. And this is a close cousin being too available. Being too available. What does that mean? I don't know. Being a doormat. Being a, uh, you know, being, allowing yourself to be walked all over. Being okay. too, so. uh, not having a spine. Not having a backbone. You know, letting yourself be taken advantage of. Too available, I guess. That's just. Yes, being too available. When you said that, I thought maybe, you're, you know, she's always uh, available Wednesday night, Thursday night. doesn't matter. You know, she's always available. But you're saying more of a doormat, yeah, doormat yeah. situation. Right. Getting walked over. Yes. Yes. Uh, constant criticism. Hmm. Yes, that's a. I think it's probably a bad thing to do early in a relationship. You should. That's a warning sign. Yeah. If you're if you're either constantly criticizing or being criticized. Right. That's that's not yeah. healthy and not a good sign. Yeah. You you have to wait until you're into the relationship. You have to you wait until you're married. <laughs> to, Five to years. Be constantly exactly. Criticized. Right, honey. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you too. Okay. Okay. What kids is it? Good answer. Okay, moving on. Not assertive enough, which is falls under the too available and no spine category, umbrella. Okay. Right. Oh, is that? A, I, I don't know. That's a possible reason. To get uh, dumped because they're they're just little weak. Milk uh, toast yeah, and maybe not little wallflowers. Not, I don't, I don't know, uh, not taking responsibility. Not standing up. Oh, not taking the initiative. Okay. Not being assertive, not right. speaking up, okay. right. standing up for themselves, standing and up for, for you, the couple, and for, for the, the couple, and yeah. for the partner, mm -hmm. which I think is really important. Which you do beautifully, by the way. Thank you, honey. It's one of your great attributes. We are not going to get walked over. No. Or, yeah. We, no, but you, you really do. We, you stick up for me. You stand up for me, and you make me. F you let it be known that I am your woman. You are my woman. Thank you. And you are my man. You're my man, baby. You're my main dude. What song is that? If I was if, your woman, yeah. you were my man. Right, there's a song. It's gonna, it will come to me sometime right. to the during the next hour. Right. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Too needy, too clingy. Oh, that's, yeah, that's unattractive. Yeah. Not but, good. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard when you, uh, we're going to get into this. I mean, that's, I... I think that's part of the desperation, though, that comes out. Yeah, they're all sort of interconnected. Smothering. Related. Yes. Uh, this is so, everything we're going to talk about today is such a uh, an, uh, an argument in favor of having very, very strong self-worth and valuing yourself. It's so, it's all really comes down to that. We're going to get into that. Okay, here we go. Too jealous. Or just jealous. Uh, yeah, jealous is a really ugly quality. Right? Yeah. You can't, it, no relationship can sustain that if one of the partners is constantly jealous. Or insecurity. Insecurity. Is, I think that is where it stems you know, from. Questioning, asking, where are you? Why aren't you answering your phone? How come you're not texting me back in but, two seconds? You know, the interesting, and I think that. Why are you talking to this person? Okay, go ahead. Jealousy is not only in the, uh, the eyes of the jealous person, but it's also the responsibility of the the other, the partner sometimes in causing jealousy in the, in their partner. And so the behavior is, is twofold there. And, uh, it's a shared thing somewhat, but a lot of times it is just the insecurity of the person who's feeling jealous. Of course it's projection. And I, I, I guess maybe the partner could be doing things that really aren't considerate or are, you know, purposely, but then that's a, that's that, that's a whole other thing. What? Why is that person, why I, is the partner, the boyfriend, the girlfriend doing things to, purposely to make that person jealous? I, I think that there, there's make, a testing period. Yeah, why, why test? Why so, test? Um, so, um, Someone didn't. No, some my some off, podcast okay. co-host yeah, didn't turn off his phone. Shush. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Trying too hard or not hard enough. Okay. Thoughts? Uh, Trying not not hard enough falls under the not assertive and not, you know. Uh, phoning it in a little bit. Just Phoning it in. I, I, that's dangerous. 
you have to be present. You have to be present in the moment. You have to be present with your with your partner. And well, not playing games yes. on their on your phone when you're talking to them. Who does that? I oh, don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, really? Miss Facebook Scrabble? Yes, I do love my Scrabble. Oh, God. Do you, I do. It's very common. You are doing it at all hours. Of the... I have to take my turn. People are waiting no, for me. No, you don't. Not when... Okay. It's very important. It's my. I'm being responsible in the relationship. I'm keep, okay. I'm holding up my end of the. See, I'm oh. being a good partner. Yeah, to others. <laughs> uh, boredom. Uh, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> oh, is that? You mean? Are you? No, when, I don't. Maybe with other people. When you're bored with somebody. I'm not. I don't know what no, you're talking I, about. I, 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 well, Never a dull moment over here. No, that's true. That's Shay Sharf. At Dunbean Single. No. Boredom is a problem. It definitely can be a problem. But I yes. don't know how. I. Uh, well, you can be bored because the person doesn't offer much. And when they do, you're bored with what comes out of their mouth. Or you just aren't in agreement with them. How about differing views? Yes. On, it's the, like, politics. Yes. That could be a turn on too but i think that that is uh that could cause dissension well that's you should know that going in though shouldn't well, you no, shouldn't not you really necessarily know? you don't know where people stand could we, we just had a guest on that was talking about politics right. and said well uh, don't talk about it on the oh yeah don't talk about it on the first day well when are you when are you supposed to talk yeah, about I think it i mean and important. how could you go in two three dates four and dates then, and not know right. someone's where they are you know where that what their values are and their politics. And then are. we talked to somebody who was uh, in a relationship for like three years, and oh, we and she never knew where her partner stood on politics because they never talked about it, which is just unbelievable to to you and I because that's such a big part of our daily routine is just finding out what sure what the fuck. Well, had, you know, not yeah, okay. I you know, know where you're going with that. What? And here we go. China. <laughs> Do I know my husband or yeah, what? Yeah, I know. Well, I know where yeah. those fingers go. Oh, really? Yeah, I know where those fingers going, and I don't even you have to... You are very rude. I don't uh, even have to look, and I know okay. where those fingers are going. Oh, okay. I alone can fix it. Okay, right. so here we go. A few more, and these are getting good, because I do, I really believe that these are the reasons why people dump and get dumped. Are you ready? Yes. Unreal is having unrealistic expectations. Okay, yeah. Not wanting the same thing. Eventually, at some point, you're in however many months, and you realize, oh, shit, you know, this is not... You're, you're vested at this point, yeah. and now it's tough to get out of like it. Like, but... I'm, I'm all in, and my partner isn't, or I'm not, and, and you know, he is. Are we going to break? Yes, we have to go okay. to break. So I'll tell you what. Let's go to our break, and then we'll bring our guest, Renee Slansky, on. Okay, and I... Who's okay, go in ahead. from Australia, or is calling in from Australia. And we can't wait to talk to her and get her input on this. Great. So we will be right back. And we are back. Okay, so we've got a fantastic guest today, Renee Slansky. I'm going to read her bio. And uh, she's joining us from Australia. And she, I know, is going to have a lot to say on this subject. because Good on you, mate. I know that she has been through a breakup or two and has uh, some feelings, as we all do. So Renee Slansky is an internationally acclaimed dating and relationship coach with a mission to bring love education to a generation. As a dating advisor to some of the largest dating sites and publications in the world, Renee reaches hundreds of thousands of men and women around the world with her real, practical, and sustainable advice through her TV channels and e-courses. Founder of the Dating Directory, the number one dating and relationship blog in Australia, and top 30 worldwide, Renee continues to teach women how to date smarter, not harder, and cult cultivate the healthy, loving, committed relationships they deserve. She's been associated with names such as Tony Robbins and Pamela Anderson and can be seen on TV, radio, and at global speaking events. Renee's mission is for women to become their own rescue. Hell yes. Amen, sister. And then attract a man who continues to add value to their lives effortlessly. Renee Slansky, welcome to Done Being Single. Hi, Renee. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. Okay, so what, you've so been, what time yeah. is it in Australia right now? Because right now it's it's nine twenty LA time. Okay, so I am actually calling from Greece, of oh. all places. I am Australian. I know, just to throw you in the mix. And um, yes, I'm calling from Greece. So it's 7.20 p.m. here in Greece. Oh. And I know that I am seven hours behind Australia. So okay, that's what... Yeah. 
That's why I was wondering this time was kind of strange, but that, that makes sense now. Yeah. How's Greece? Yes. Greece is awesome at the moment. We're just hitting um, summer finally. It's been like the longest winter ever. Um, but it is, it's nice. I mean, it's, to be honest, it's almost like living in Australia here because it's similar weather. People are really nice. It's a really easy lifestyle. So it's, it's like I've never left home, to be honest. So it's great. Very nice. I love Greece. I've been to Greece. Have you? No, I've not. Oh my God. It's gorgeous. Okay. So what we were talking about? Uh, Being dumped. Why do the best of us get dumped? You heard okay. it. Yeah. Okay. So there was one more point I wanted to make before we went to break. And this is, to me, the number one problem with even the best of us, even the smartest, most successful together people, why they get dumped. And to me, it is because they unconsciously pick people they know are a tough fit. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, what would you say about that, Renee? Pretty much there's two reasons. If like... like Everything that you said, absolutely, those are, you know, definitely factors of why people have relationships break down. Relationships just don't fall apart out of nowhere. Even if someone turns around one day and ghosts you or dumps you, it it doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes down to two reasons. And those two reasons is we're either doing the wrong thing or we're dating the wrong person. And that's it. So whether you are, um, you know, doing things like you're being too available, like you said, or you're um, obsessing over that person, or you're desperate, or you've lost your sense of identity, if you're doing self-sabotaging sort of habits, then obviously that's going to drive that person away. Or if you're constantly dating the wrong sort of person over and over again, which is like what you said, the number one reason for you was you end up having that self-fulfilling prophecy, or we attract what we know, but what we know might not necessarily be healthy for us, then that's why we find ourselves in that same repetitive pattern of dating someone then not having it work out because it's the same sort of person that we're dating over and over again. How do you get out of that pattern? The first thing to do is to actually recognize it, which is really tough to do when you're in it. I mean, I had no idea that I was dating narcissists. I had no idea that I was, you know, dating these sort of men that had this toxic behavior because all I was focused on was, I'm attracted to them, so therefore it must be, you know, meant to be because of how I feel or because of what I want or how I perceive them to be, you know, if they do this, this and that. And to break any sort of cycle, you know, we have to uh, confront what we're willing to correct. And if you're able to step back and almost do a self-audit, which is something that I get my clients to do when you're not sure, okay, is it you with the problem or is it the men that you're dating or the women that you're dating? If you were to literally do almost a, a mugshot lineup of each of those men or women that you've dated, what would be the similar sort of uh, characteristics about each and every one of them and what was the outcome? And then that'll give you an idea if you're dating or attracted to people that have the same sort of personality that doesn't really fit yours or they have certain sort of behavior that doesn't fit your expectations. And it's about taking that step back and going, okay, well, I've identified who I'm attracted to, the next step is going, why am I attracted to that? Why am I attracted to emotionally unavailable men? Why am I attracted to women who walk all over me? Why am I attracted to men who maybe abuse me or emotionally blackmail me? It doesn't come from nowhere. And I think a lot of the time we just shrug our shoulders and go, oh, but you know, it's always been this way. You know, I can't help it. When in reality, you know, our thought process comes from what we've been experienced or what we've been exposed to as a child because we're not born being attracted to people that hurt us. Mm -hmm. We're not born with self-sabotaging habits. Those are things that we Mm -hmm. actually learn over time. I agree. We just, uh, gosh, yesterday we recorded uh, an episode based on attachment style, attachment theory. Mm. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. So I do know a little bit about that. And I think it's really, really interesting because, um, what I found is that sometimes even the best of people can disappoint you and you can be, you know, like the most amazing, strong woman or man in the world and relationships can still not work out. And that isn't necessarily a reflection of who you are. It could be a reflection of where that person is at their headspace and their mental capacity in their life. And a lot of the time, I have a lot of women actually come to me and they say, Renee, I don't understand. Like, he's a great guy. I know he's got a great heart. You know, why 
isn't he able to, you know, give me the sort of relationship that I know he wants to give me and I know that he could if he actually, you know, did the effort or did whatever it is that he needs to do. And unfortunately, we're waiting for people to love us from the capacity that we know how to love from, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So it's like I, for example, I know how to do algebra and I want him to do algebra But if he only knows how to do basic math, then he does not have the capacity to give us what we want because it's just not there. He hasn't learned that behavior or he hasn't arrived at that point in his life. And so this is where compatibility comes in. And obviously, the more compatible that you can be with someone, the more chances you are of being able to actually have that relationship last. So if you're dating someone who has an attachment disorder whereby they aren't able to commit to someone because of what they've obviously experienced and the mental block that they have with that, then expecting them to give you something that they're literally incapable of doing is setting yourself up for that unrealistic expectation. I totally agree. And I don't, there's so much good stuff in what you just said. I I need to unpack a little bit here. One thing I heard earlier is Renee, you you said uh, you don't want to be dating narcissists. At what point in your dating process, do you realize this person is a narcissist and I shouldn't be dating them? You know what? I, For me personally, I didn't realize until I got out of it. And it wasn't until someone I saw, I think I saw a mem, <laughs> godless mems, um, that, you know, a what? S- stated a mem, like a meme. I don't know what you oh, call it. A meme. Meme, meme. Meme, meme. Okay. meme. I always, I, I never know what it is. But um, uh, it's mem in French. Mem. Mem. Yeah, I thought so. Right. <laughs> you can learn so much from them sometimes. Uh, yeah. um, but it was it was literally, I saw um, basically a, a meme um, saying what a narcissist was and what the behavior was. And it was just like, holy crap, that's what I've been experiencing. Uh, and it's not until you are aware that you're able to then go, okay, that actually makes sense. I can identify with that knowledge and apply it to my situation. And then it's about going, okay, well, what can I do about this to make sure it doesn't happen again? And a lot of the times we end up in cycles. It's not because we actually want to be there. It's because we we don't either realize that we are there or we're doing the behaviors that is keeping us there and we don't know how to get out of it. And our brain will always gravitate towards what it is familiar with. So if you're familiar with not being loved, with, um, you know, always being made to feel guilty of um, being pushed down, of um, being controlled, then your brain associates those behaviors with that feeling of, okay, well, I love that person even though they're feeling like this, they're making me feel like this. And then you're constantly seeking that out. And that is something that takes brain retraining in order to be able to break out of. It takes accountability. It takes support. And it's not an overnight sort of process. I didn't, you know, overcome 10 years of toxic dating just literally overnight. It was something that I got help to be able to do that. I had to be disciplined to be. And it was a process for me as well. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's that saying, which I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard as well. Like, why don't women just leave men who abuse them? You know, why don't they just walk out? Why don't they just, you know, and why do they keep dating men who keep abusing them? It's just not always as simple as just cutting right. and leaving. Right. Because your your brain is seeking out what you know. And what you know, if it's something that is hurtful and painful, it, it doesn't matter because your brain doesn't actually know the difference between what it has experienced and what you tell it to experience. Mm. The problem is, is most of the time we're acting out of what it has experienced. And we get the shift when we tell it what we want to experience. I want to experience a healthy relationship. I want to experience peace. I want to experience joy. And and that's what we need to start focusing on and, and making our brain seek out that rather than seeking out the pain and the battles that it's always known. I'm curious as to when did you possibly realize that maybe the pattern was within you of who you are attracting uh, as something you wanted to break out of as opposed to the men you were dating? Yeah, you know what? That's so funny because it was literally, I was, I remember the exact moment it happened. I was driving along um, Manly, which is a, a beach town in Sydney. And as I was driving in my car, I was like, light bulb moment. Hang on a second. It can't just be the men that I'm dating. Surely I have to be contributing to this somehow. Maybe I'm actually the common denominator in every single right. relationship because I'm choosing to date these men. So therefore, maybe I actually have issues that I need to sort mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And that was the turning point. The turning point was really in that realizing that I was responsible for what I was choosing to do in those relationships and who I was choosing to connect with. And if I want to change, change didn't start with me dating a better man change started with me 
first being able to identify why I was choosing the wrong men, then how to actually choose a better man and how to identify him when he came along and then not self-sabotage it so I actually had a chance to make that relationship go somewhere. And I think, you know, especially because of dating apps and, you know, the way that technology is nowadays is we just shift the focus onto somebody else. Oh, another option, another option, another option. Yet we never get the change in our circumstance because, once again, we are the common denominator in our life. And if we don't bring that shift within ourselves, then we're not going to, um, you know, be able to shift the patterns that we're creating in our life. Again, I say amen, sister. You, <laughs> you and I are on the same page. We totally. are going yeah. to go to our, our second break I have break so much right more to say on this. Well, we're going to have time right. to do that. All right. So uh, we will be right back with more from Renee Slansky. And we are back with Renee Slansky okay, and so Trava and myself. My head is exploding with questions and things to say because this is so in my wheelhouse about Take taking it. responsibility for your part, owning your part in it and realizing, wait a minute here, I <clears throat> very well could be the common denominator in all of this. And then figuring it out, getting it together. And when you do figure it out and get it together and heal, whatever that is that needs that's, that might be broken or maybe slightly off, you know, uh, suddenly the quality of your life changes. The quality of men change. Your, the bar raises, rises, correct? Yes. That's, that's, that's... I've seen it. I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with my clients and friends. It's actually such a big theme of our show is the ability to recognize that we deserve better and what are we going to do about it? It's not the other person. It's it's taking responsibility no, because, for your own actions. Right, because if you don't, then you turn into a permanent victim. Right. A permanent victim. And then that leads to all kinds of uh, excuse making, which you do when you don't. And that pattern will never be broken. You right. will continue to f- go after that same type of person and continue to be a victim. Right, and then the damage gets deeper yeah. and then the you know the wound just it just gets more uh, sensitive and we see the whole how it all works. So I if let's just say Renee uh, you're you're you've got it like I've said before you've got it all together. You look good. You're attractive. You're a man or a female or a woman. You're successful, you got a job. I mean, there's everything seems to be firing on all cylinders, and you're doing well, and yet you still Yep. And yet you still just got dumped. Um yeah. what do you do? How where how do you not take it personally? How do you figure out without going to that person and saying, Can you tell me what I did wrong? Which is really not what you mm. should do. It's rejection, how can you not take any sort of rejection personally? Like it's always going to hit you some where in the fields because it is, um, you know, something that directly does actually make you feel something. So to just switch it off and be like, oh, it's not me, it's them. It's easier said than done. I like to say, see it as a redirection rather than rejection. But initially you're going to feel the breakup feelings, which is, you know, not a good place to be. In fact, I just recently did a video on um, a YouTube channel about broken heart syndrome, which is, you know, what they actually experience when people go through breakups. And it's similar to a heart attack. And they did a survey, the Harvard Medical um, Society or whatever did a survey, and they found that over a course of nine years, over over 400,000 people actually died from broken heart syndrome. So, I just want to say, like, for anyone that is going through a breakup, I actually have a couple of clients at the moment who are going through breakups, that it is real, that grieving someone that is still alive is one of the hardest things to do. It is absolutely um, traumatic against your spirit, your mental health and your physical health, but it's important not to get stuck in that moment. And one of the ways to not get stuck in that moment and that trauma is to look at this as an opportunity to learn. As I said, you can be the most amazing person in the world and even the best of person can disappoint you. And that can come down to whether they're not ready, they're not on the same page, whether they're growing at a different rate to what you're growing with, so therefore you're no longer um, compatible Or you can have things that happen that are completely out of your control, whether you've had someone in the family die and then that person doesn't know how to deal with that and so it's actually changed them as a person. And I think what we need to do to make sure that we're first aligning ourselves to fall in love with somebody 
who is right for us and to minimize collateral damage of a breakup is compatibility. And compatibility isn't just about, oh, we both like tennis and lattes. Compatibility is, are we on the same page? Are we heading in the same direction? Do we have the same values and beliefs? And do we understand that we're both going to evolve over time? And we live in a society now where everyone just kind of wants the quick fix that as soon as they get an issue, they're like, Oh, you know, we had one fight. It's confirmation. We're not meant to to work on this together. Or, you know, we're kind of just like, if it's broke, replace it rather than if it's broke, let's fix it. We do it with our phones. Um, we do it, you know, we have that disposable mentality because of dating apps. So unfortunately you can't force somebody to do what you know they should do in order to be able to make that relationship work. All you can do is influence their behavior and try and put defense mechanisms into your relationship, which continue to solidify and unify you as a couple, because you can be the most amazing woman in the world and you can marry or date the most amazing man in the world. And you're still going to go through crap. You're still going to be put under pressure. There will be still things that will happen that are out of your control. And if you're not aware of them and if you don't know how to uh, plant seeds of uh, unity and peace and growth and all these other things that go into counteract those things such as temptation or um, grief or pain or growth, then you're going to be finding yourself in the same bucket that everyone else does, which is when you know the shit hits the fan, what are we doing about it? Right. And even even the best and the strongest of us do get dumped and not everybody's going to not everybody's going to love us and we're not going to love everybody. And it kind of reminds me of all these uh, women, uh, famous actresses that have Mm. been cheated on that we know of. I mean, beautiful, beautiful women. Mm. Uh, And you go, wait a minute, you know, if, if this could happen to them. And, and what's going on here? You know, they're gorgeous. They're successful. They're Halle Berry. Uh, honey, being a famous actress does not give you the uh, omnipotence of uh, being uh, anything other than a human being. And you're still going to have all the foibles and insecurities of, of anybody else in a relationship. And it's all about the, the person you are with and how compatible are you. And people get dumped. Mm. It's, it happens. Uh, I have a, a question about, you talked about, the, the initial phase of getting dumped, you can't help but take it personally. It is a yeah. per, it is personal. They are mm. dumping you. You are no longer wanted in their life. So mm. my question to you, Renee, is what what are the immediate steps to help those that do get dumped? And I know it's one day at a time. You have to kind of yeah get yourself involved with something else, a hobby, uh, friends, a support system. Uh, mm. just keep busy and not be thinking about this person that just dumped you. So what mm. what tips do you have for that? Yeah, for sure. Because realistically, I mean, you can't not think about them. And it is something that, you know, will take time. But what I say is you have to go into survival mode because it's like this um, – you know, trauma that your heart and brain is going through and you almost have to go into survival robot mode. The first thing that you need to do is you need to make sure that you um, try and remove as many triggers as possible. Now, a trigger might be um, photos around the house or photos or messages on your phone um, or access to their social media. Um, You know, so if you can try and clean anything that would trigger you to want to reach out to them or that's going to trigger you to want to hold onto them, then it's going to make it a little bit easier. The next thing that I would actually do if you've just been dumped is I would rearrange your space. So um, when people have been in our world, obviously it's like we can we miss their presence when they're no longer there. And if you can rearrange your house, your room, um, or you know, wherever it is that they were a part of, New sheets. it shifts get sorry, rid of, get that? rid of the old bed sheets. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it literally just shifts the energy in that space. And again, it also removes some of those triggers. Like if it's like, you know, he used that coffee mug and he used to always use that coffee mug every morning. And now you sleep with that coffee mug because he's no longer in your life. Like go and donate that coffee mug yes. to Vinny's or at least put it at the back of the cupboard. Again, break you want to start to throw it away. Smash it with a yeah, hammer. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think that's really, those are those very important tips. And I, I, I think uh, regarding social media, uh, I would advise you to unfollow them, even though it's yeah. probably a very difficult thing to do because you do not want to see what activities they are participating in because that's just going to set you back, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And look, we all social media uh, stalk. Right. Um, I mean, 47% of us stalk our dates before we even actually go on a date. So imagine what we do when we actually break up with someone. You know, we go into overdrive, um, which just opens that wound even more so because you keep visiting that person again and again and again without any um, closure from that visit. So it's unproductive actions. It's unproductive activity. And all it's doing is us, it's going to leave more questions. Why is he liking that girl's photo? Why is he doing this? Is he thinking about me? Why does he look so happy? You know? And so if you're able to just at least unfollow, if you don't, if you can't unfriend them, um, then it's going to make it easier. Again, you just want to remove those triggers. I know that personally, when I was going through breakups, it's something that I would do. I would stalk them, stalk them, stalk them. And I realized that I was just you know, damaging myself even further by doing that. So I had to have the discipline to actually unfollow them. Um, and that meant that, yes, it's hard because it's like, okay, well, this is really over and that's the hard part. This is, you know, a, a bit of a slap in the face. But if you want to have any sort of chance to move on, y- you kind of have to give yourself the tough love. Yes, Great. I... Uh... I so agree. I so agree that I have on my website a, a, uh, a little tips. There's a thing you can uh, click on to get my uh, my breakup tips to healing your heart and uh, becoming a badass again. And I feel so strongly about everything you're saying, particularly the social media aspect of it, because, yes, it is... It is a constant reminder and trigger. If you keep seeing that person's name, uh, phone number, I mean, I'm, I'm even, go as far as deleting this person from your contacts. Don't even look at the email address or the phone number and not the picture. And um, yeah. it just don't tempt yourself. Don't just, because it's, just don't. It's like picking the scab. Do not. Mm. You could, uh, unfollow, I say unfollow, don't necessarily block because you know what? You want them to see you looking mm. fabulous and moving on and having a great life. And I feel very strongly about that. Well, okay, so can mm. we, uh, let's flip it a bit. What is the right way to break up with somebody? Well, I think there needs to be some sort of respect. I mean, either way, you can try and break up with someone the right way um, and it still doesn't guarantee a right reaction from them. You know, I think there's a lot of talk about consciously um, uncoupling at the moment, which I think is a very mature way for people to be able to end relationships where they just handle it like adults. And I think that takes a lot of strength to be able to do that because there's obviously feelings and emotions involved. I think that if you're going to break up with someone, then you're best off definitely doing it face by face. Breaking up with someone by text or ghosting them, again, comes across disrespectful and it's quite hurtful. And it's just a matter of treating them like, you know, even if you no longer feel anything for them, at least treating them like they're a human, that they're, and they're worth that level of respect. So it's about choosing the right time, um, whether it's, you know, going for a coffee, it's definitely not after an intimate dinner or something like that, or in a loud bar, it might simply be like, do you want to go for a walk? Um, let's grab a coffee today, choosing an environment where you're actually able to talk to them about, you know, the fact that you don't want to continue the relationship without being distracted by phones or people or music or things like that so that you can have the moment to say what it is that you need to say and also give them the respect to say what it is that they need to say in that moment as well. Great advice. Very good advice. I have some more questions, but we are going to take our final break and come back with Renee Slansky and Trevor myself. We'll be right back. And we are back with Renee Slansky and Trevor myself. Uh, Renee, regarding the initial parts of a relationship, I feel like we should always hold back a little bit. We should not be so vested in somebody new because when you get vested too quickly and uh, your feelings can get hurt if it takes a turn. So it's it's the initial couple weeks of a beginning relationship that I think are really the most important because uh, it's the pace that is established at that point. And sometimes that's when somebody may get turned off and want to get out of it quickly and mm. realize that they're not on the same pace. So what's your advice to singles that are getting involved with somebody and you know how to develop that pace with a partner? Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to like when you're dating someone, they're always on their best behavior. And what we do is we fall for them or we base our future expectations of what we want from them from that behavior. 
Now, what we want to do is we want to get beyond their best behavior into what is called their default character. And basically their default character is the second part of your brain where you do things on autopilot. And that will give you an idea of who you're really dating. So what is it that they repetitively talk about? What is it they joke about? What is it that they unconsciously do all the time that gives you an idea of what their intentions are and what their character is? Because whatever somebody is consistent in reveals those two things. And if you can understand that their default character is something that aligns with, you know, who you are, what it is that you want, then you're able to work out if there's potential with that relationship and keep investing. Now, to give you a time frame, because a lot of us just want to know, okay, well, how long should I wait before I know his default character? How long should I wait to invest? Minimum 12 weeks. Oh, Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, but that that 12 weeks, like, I mean, what is three months compared to spending 30 years with the, the right person or the wrong person but 12, for that matter? 12 weeks could be like th- three years for somebody. Uh, 12 weeks could be a, more than a long relationship. With and what if you're spending those 12 weeks in denial? What if you're not facing the real truth or looking or your eyes aren't really or open? you're so hungry that you're just happy to right be with somebody. And right and right. Right. Absolutely. And when people meet wound to wound instead of, um, you know, heart to heart. Absolutely. Well, this is where, again, like love education comes in. I mean, you can be 12 weeks with somebody, but it's usually what I found the turning point of whether that man wants to continue to commit or whether it all starts to fall apart. It's usually around that three-month mark. Now, during that 12 weeks, um, obviously, you're not seeing them every single day. Within the first um, month, they should only be seeing each other maybe, you know, once a week, maybe once every other week, okay? It's not about going, okay, I'm into it. I'm getting into a mini relationship with them. This is about taking your time to get to know them over that period of time so that you can set the pace so that you can have space in order to work out, okay, who is this person? How do they treat me in between dates? Are they invested? Are they putting in consistent effort? And is there some sort of progress? Because an indication of a healthy relationship is peace and progress. And it's just something that I find people rush. Everyone is in a rush to get into a relationship. They're so focused on the commitment that they don't know who they're committing to. And then when they finally do get the commitment and it doesn't work out or all of a sudden it's a narcissist or all of a sudden he didn't want children, all of a sudden, oh, she's too masculine for me. And they go, oh, but I didn't realize. And it's like, well, because your focus was on the end result rather than the process of actually getting to know someone. So that's why if you can have at least a healthy time frame of, say, 12 weeks, it you might know earlier on within that 12 weeks whether that person is worth investing into, especially if you know what the red flags are and especially if you know what you know your own patterns are. If you're able to set a healthy standard, then you have a guideline which allows that person to either step up to that or they can step out. But in general, most of the time, relationships around the 12-week mark is where they either continue to move forward or they start to fall apart. I think that's an incredible discipline that most people do not have. No. And uh, no, I think you're, that we you're can right. all learn from that. Because if you can space out your dates, I mean, when you said, you know, the first few weeks, when you only see them once a week or once every other week, I, I don't think that's realistic today. People want to... Instant gratification. They want a couple. They want to yeah. be together. I, uh, I would that. say that for maybe having sex, you wait as... I'm all for waiting. Before you have yes, sex. we are all as for long as you can. At least a couple of hours. Oh, stop it! <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm really I'm big on that. Nip it! In I the really, bed. I'm an advocate for for waiting are, as long as you can yes. to have sex. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, At that's least a whole... the second date. So um, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. When to have sex? Well, I think we did have an episode on that. We did have an episode. Yes. Yeah. So after a breakup or. Even a job loss, because they're kind of the same Mm. things, right? What questions should you ask yourself? How do you self-reflect? You know, I would would definitely get a therapist. I would find a coach of some sort to help me through the process. And I have, by the way. And Mm. it was always very helpful, and it does expedite the healing. But you know what? What about self-reflection? Definitely. I mean, any um, event that happens in your life that causes growth is is an opportunity to to learn from it. And that's the thing. We can either use our pain as something to hinder us or we can use our pain as, you know, something to leverage us and we actually, you know, purpose our pain. So if you've gone through um, 
a dumpage of either a friend dumping you or work firing you or maybe a family relationship, you know, falling apart. There's usually three questions you ask yourself. Okay, was it me? Did I do something to contribute to this issue? Uh, uh, do I have fear and lack controlling my decisions? Was it the person that was involved, whether it's your boss, whether it's um, – uh, the family member, uh, the person that you dated, is it their issues or was it the circumstances? Now, circumstances could be the environment. It could be, you know, obviously the things that were out of your control or the timing of the situation. And what that does is it then gives you a point to focus, to, to decide where to put your focus. Okay, it was him. All right, well, you know, he was the one with the issues. I can't change that. All I can do is now identify that the next person I date needs to have this quality or this quality. Or it was, if it's the job, okay, well, I realized that maybe I wasn't the best fit for that role or that role wasn't the best fit for me. And I now know moving into the next opportunity with a job, I'm going to do this, this and this. So, you know, it's not to say that we're not going to feel some sort of grief when we lose something or when something is taken away from us. It's about what we do with that grief. And grief is an opportunity to definitely sharpen our character, to build resilience. And it is an opportunity to focus our energy into what we want to build rather than what we're just trying to repair you know it, it's kind of funny because we've we've talked about this before in the past and maybe it was a past show where we said wouldn't it be great if we could have like an exit exam to give to your person that just got dumped or dumped you and say can you right. please fill out this questionnaire and you know what did i do wrong what what are the things mm. you liked about me what are the you know, and you don't get to do that in no, life No, you don't you don't sometimes you never get your answers no you you don't no. and you, you're, you're left to fend for yourself and yes. to figure out what did i do wrong in right your... and I, I i think that it is healthy to um do a little introspection very healthy but with that said, there's got to be a point where you stop. Otherwise, the self-reflection turns into self-shaming, yeah. blaming, and then self-berating. And then that is a very dark, deep spiral that you could mm. that is not good to go down. I'm, I know that because I've been there. Mm. Um, what did I do? I, what could I have done differently? Oh, I should have done yeah. this. I should have said that. I should have not done this. And, I should have and not that's said where that. you drive yourself crazy. You, will you really will mm. because you will constantly be asking yourself those questions and you will never come to an answer mm. and you'll continue, especially when your head hits the pillow at night and when you wake mm. up in the morning, these are the things that are going to pop in your head first and you really need to have other activities to be thinking about because otherwise that'll drive you nuts. Yeah, it needs to be a what now, not a what if. Because what if is, is trying to repair the past, is trying to pull things apart. It's about going, okay, well, what now? What am I going to do in this present moment? Am I going to now focus on my goals for the month? Am I going to, um, you know, connect with people who actually are ready to celebrate my existence instead of reject me? And I think that's where the shift needs to come, where you need to go, okay, what now? Instead of, oh, but what if, you know, mm -hmm. I did this and that and that. Okay, uh Changing up just a little bit, lightening it up a bit. Uh, how is dating in Australia different than dating in the U.S.? Oh, that's a good question. I actually get that a lot because I deal with uh, people all around the world. So I see the different effects on um, the, the culture effects on dating. And, and there is. I think dating in Australia is there's a lot of women that get frustrated because they feel that there isn't as much chivalry in Australia as there is opposed to Europe with the amount of romance and old school sort of, I guess, culture that's built, the romantic culture built into Europe. On the other hand, there is quite a lot of use of dating apps in Australia. It's probably the same um, where you guys are as well. And a lot of people have this disposable mentality and they're, they're getting choice fatigue where they've got so many choices in front of them that they just can't decide who's right for them because they have the fear of missing out. And so they feel like they're being proactive by going on dating apps, but they're not actually getting the results that they want. And there's frustration that, you know, people aren't being authentic or people are only, you know, trying to trying this person on. It's like the Cinderella syndrome. We're trying all these different shoes on to see which is the right fit. And I see that common amongst a lot of different countries in general. I wouldn't say that there's one particular thing about the dating culture in Australia, other than definitely there's a lot of focus on dating apps and there's still a lot of frustration. But in saying that, I see that in, in most countries, to be honest. Do you find that chivalrous behavior is appreciated in Australia? Or is it something that mm. is uh, not, you don't find it much there? Or do you find it more here? 
I find that um, chivalrous behaviour is appreciated, definitely, and a lot of women are, are wanting that. I think that it's not as obvious or not as romantic in Australia because, you know, Australian guys are like pretty down to earth, pretty uh, straight up sort of guys that are, you know, will do the basic but not necessarily go further in depth with romantic gestures and things like that because it's it's not we, we don't have a romantic culture. We don't have a culture that's built on, you know, decades and decades of, you know, fabulous history like say in Europe for example. My my fiance's French, so I experienced something completely different, you know. And that was one of the arguments that a lot of my um my readers and my followers say that they just tired of, you know, men who aren't able to be chivalrous or aren't able to romance them and they just feel that you know there's such a big hookup culture over there that people are finding it hard to discern who wants a fast relationship and who actually wants a real relationship congratulations on your fiance and we actually spoke with somebody from france that said we were fascinated by this there's no such things as blind dates in france or where people are fixed up and mm. they actually meet being Groups. in a group so They'd never even heard of that type of concept. It doesn't happen there, we were told. And that was, we were just like, what? How is that possible? So- yeah, the, the, the dating culture in France is completely different. It's quite funny because, you know, they're meant to be the, the country of love, but there's actually very little exposure or education in France about love. Like when I say to them, oh, I'm a dating and relationship coach, they're like, what's that? You know, they're only just starting to learn about that. They're definitely not as aware or not as proactive on that sort of scene. And when you suggest certain apps and things like that, I mean, they're aware of apps. I mean, for instance, Once is uh, and Happen to massive apps are actually owned by French companies. But the concept of love education and all of that and different ways to date and is, is not part of their culture. Okay, well, un- unfortunately, we are out of time. This that is great. This has gone hour. fast, yeah. and I could go more. We can definitely go more. Kind of like sex. So uh, whether you are the dumpy <laughs> or the dumper, we hope you got something out of it oh, today. Oh, yeah. Yes. So much so much great stuff Renee, today. thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, Renee. Can we get a round of applause? Oh, thank you. Yes, this absolutely. This is for you, Renee. Yeah, I just, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. We're standing now. How about that? We okay. need a standing O for Renee. <laughs> Uh, so, Renee, thank you, and thanks to everybody in Australia for listening in. Yes. And in and Greece. Where, and where can we find you, and where can people find you, rather? Um, sure. So you can either follow my blog, thedatingdirectory.co, or follow any of my social media. I've got my YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, which is just my name, at Renee Slansky. Great. And thank you so much. And I would also like to remind people, if, you, um, if you're going through a breakup, or if you're not, but if you are... I have on my website, trevabrandonsharf.com, a list of 16 very hardcore, very brutal, very ruthless tips to get over your ex, heal your heart, and become a badass again. And I know that of which I speak. So I hope you're not getting, I hope you're not dumped or getting dumped, but if you are, please go there. Well, we hope you are getting into a healthy relationship. Yes. That's the important Yes. And you will survive and you will you will go on to great Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will be back next week. We are done being single. Thank you so much, everybody. And to you too, Renee. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.